Today, it's all about cars. First off, a man minding his own business begins to receive telepathic messages from an abandoned car. A father is seen putting his three-year-old son in the trunk of his car and driving away. What would you do? And then we take a look at a man who got a job driving for Uber, but ended up taking the highway to hell. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. It's all automotive, baby. Dun, dun, dun. Quick montage, all these different shots. We're going to be in the Jason Jalopy today. We're on the roads. Dun, dun, dun. Car's going fast. Lots of cool shots. Hot bikini models posing next to the car. Dun, dun, dun. We're walking in slow motion to the car. Now, currently sitting in the car is our legacy Patreon supporter of the day, Narlos. Narlos, you are going to be our driver this episode. You're going to take us down these crazy roads. We're going to have a lot of fun. If you can't support the Patreon, that's fine too. Just help get the word out about the show. That really, really helps out a lot. So, Narlos, we've got our our driving glasses on, which for me, it's just regular glasses, but you guys can wear your really cool shades. The the Jason Jalopy does have a top speed of like 15 miles an hour, and it has no roof, but it has one hell of an air conditioner. So we're going to be driving through these hot streets. We're headed out to Arnold, Missouri. This story happens in March 30th, 2020, so just about a month ago. We're driving to Arnold, Missouri. It's 8 p.m., and there's a man sitting in his apartment Trying to just do normal stuff, right? Like, watch television. Big Bang Theory's on for the 800th time on TBS that day. He's like, uh, anything but this. And he begins to receive a message in his head. Oh, what's going on? Why am I seeing these things? Why am I feeling these things? He's walking around his living room. He's knocking stuff over. And he looks out his window, and he sees a 2015 Chrysler 200 just sitting empty in the parking lot. Uh, uh, knocking stuff over. He's knocking stuff over on the way to his door. He's putting on his jacket, knocks over his coat rack. Uh, he walks down the stairs. Now, we don't have a name for this dude. The police have not named this guy. But other people in the apartment complex see a man, he's 44 years old, yelling at the car. He has a hammer. He, he happened to carry that out, too. But maybe he always has a hammer just in his pocket of his jacket. He's threatening the car with a hammer. So the police are like, oh, it's one of those stories, right? So they put on their hammer-proof vests, and they drive on out there. Now, it turns out he's already punctured the back tire of the car. You're not going nowhere. We're going to have a nice, long conversation. Just me, you, and my trusty hammer. And the cops show up. They, they obviously arrest him. They're not just sitting there eating popcorn, and they're like, well, that was fun. Let's go. Let's go somewhere else as he's continuing to bash this car. They arrest him and they question him and they go, dude, what's going on? And I mean, which, which, listen, man, the police, their, their job isn't the easiest job in the world, but you do have to admit, it would, it would be awfully fun to see an insane person and then have the ability to go, so tell me what's going on. Because if I asked an insane person what's going on, they're just going to like attack me, right? And then not to say that they don't attack cops. Insane people always attack cops. But what I'm saying is like, I can't like, take them to a location and question them for hours on end. I could, but then I would be visited by police and considered to be insane. Anyways, 
The cops get this guy and they arrest him and they go, what is going on? Now, this is the reason why he started attacking this car. He said, I just minded my own business, being totally not insane. And then I felt this thing in my head. He saw visions. (laughs) Visions of like carburetors and like gear shafts and other car stuff. (laughs) He said the car was telepathically assaulting him. He's walking through aisle after aisle of Napa Auto Parts. He's like, Chrysler's are sneaking up behind him. And he said not only was the car telepathically assaulting him, the car was also coming on to him. The car was trying to have sex with him. So now he's all alone in the infinite Napa Auto Parts store. There's a Chrysler walking up behind him. Mm. It has on it has on a sexy dress. Walking on the back two wheels. And the guy's like, oh, I'm oddly attracted to you. But at the same time, I know you're two tons of pure Detroit steel. I don't know what to do. And the car is like getting closer. The front tires are like the boobs. The bottom tires are, are the legs. <laughs> That's how it works, right? And then he would snap out of his telepathic vision right before things got really interesting. And then he walks outside and he starts attacking the car. Now, the cops arrested him. What's weird about this? <laughs> okay, the whole story's weird, right? But what's even weirder was this was reported on March 30th. On April 15th, when around this story was being publicized, they've never found the owner to the car. The car was abandoned in the parking lot. Nobody knows where the owner of this car is. So I am going to say something totally insane. What if the person who owns the car is currently being assaulted, trapped somewhere, some dudes are like beating up the owner of the car, and is trying to reach out with their mind? Like sending out psychic cries. And, and would they, we're all just immune to them because we're not insane. But to someone whose grasp of reality is already a little weakened, they're hearing this stuff. And what they're seeing is not the car trying to have sex with them or the car trying to telepathically attack them. The car is the conduit for this message of the owner saying, please rescue me. I will, I will have sex with you. I'm not a car. I will have sex with you if you rescue me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's, you're like, Jason, that's more insane than attacking a car with a hammer. But who knows? It's probably, it's probably not that fanciful scenario. It's most likely that the car was stolen. I don't know. I don't know. Why don't we know the owner of the car? Who knows? But it's probably not my scenario. It's probably much more rational than that. But maybe, maybe if you're crying out into the cosmos, only the insane can hear you. And it just drives you more insane. Narlos. Let's get back in that Jason Jalopy. We are headed out to Norridge, Illinois. Norwich, Illinois. It's September 2nd, 2018. So we're going to go a little bit back in time. There's a little like time warp stuff flying past us. Keep your hands in the vehicle when we're going through the time warp. Otherwise, like one of your limbs may end up like punching Catherine the Great in the face. We don't want to do that. Unless you, unless you hate Catherine the Great, then go nuts. But anyways... We're back in time now, September 2nd, 2018. It's 89 degrees out. So that's pretty nice. If you have air conditioning, which we do in the Jason Jalopy, that's not bad. 89 degrees is pretty nice. But people are sitting at this restaurant in Norwich, Illinois, just eating. Mm. <laughs> this is a mo- one of the Mong Bok videos. Now. I don't get those. I don't get those. But anyway, we're eating. Dude, I'd love some pasta right now. 
So let's say we're at a spaghetti factory, the best of all pasta restaurants. Spaghetti factory, eat fresh. And so we're sitting there and we see this dude yelling at his three-year-old son. He's like, you suck. You're Actually, I don't even have to make up quotes. We have an actual quote for him. He's yelling at the son. He goes, quote, you are being bad and I'm going to punish you by putting you in the trunk. Now that's an actual quote, which should let you know that this guy talks like a robot. He either talks like a robot, he talks like Data, or he's reading a script, or he's just some weirdo. But when you see a man talking to a three-year-old kid saying, you are being bad, and I'm going to punish you by putting you in the trunk. I mean, that's not how normal people talk, right? People are more emotional. But anyways, he yells out, you are being bad. You, you are being bad, and I'm going to punish you by putting you in the trunk. Beep, boop. And he picks the kid up, whether or not you think he's a robot or not. He, he's not. He picks the kid up, puts him in the trunk, drives away. And everyone's like, looking at what just happened. I'm finishing my plate of spaghetti. Jason, aren't you going to call? Wait, wait, hold on. Can I, can I get some more bread, please? Yeah, no, no. Narlos is paying for it. It's good. Patreon money. And then after I get a refill on my soda... Apparently, I'm the only one with a cell phone at this entire restaurant. I pull my cell phone out as Narlos is at the, as Narlos is paying the bill, figuring out the tip. Doo, 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 doo. Hello, nine one one. Yeah, I just saw a dude like thirty minutes ago put a kid in a trunk. So what happened was obviously the cops were called out, and the cops are able to track down this dude. His name is Boguslaw Matlack. Boguslaw Matlack. Maybe he is a robot. I don't know. I've never, I've never seen that name before. That does sound like a name from, like, Babylon 5. Bogoslog Matlock. He's 28 years old. And so the cops get him, and they're like, Sir, sir, you need to open your trunk. We need to we need to see what's going on. Now, he opens his trunk. There's nothing in there, which that makes the cops a little more suspicious. But he goes, listen, guys, listen. It was just a social experiment. It was j- Don't worry about it. My son is safe at home. It's a social experiment. And the cops are like, uh, okay. So, this is what happened. This guy wanted to be an internet sensation. He wanted to be famous. He wanted to be famous. So, some people are famous because, you know, lots of hard work. Some people are famous because they're lucky or born into a famous family. Some Some people are famous because they put their sons in the trunk of a car in public and yell what they're doing super loud. That was his path. That was Mr. Matlack's path to fame. He... Decides to do this. Now, they do track down the kid. He's at home. They track down the wife. She's at home. The way the cops found him was the cops came to the spaghetti factory. And we're all eating pasta together now. And the guy came back to the same parking location. So the cops are all there investigating. And he pulls back up. And everyone's like, dude, that's his car. So they go out. His son wasn't in the car. But then they track it down. He's at home. His wife's at home. It's a social experiment, bro. So this was his idea. He wanted to see what people would do if someone someone put a kid in the trunk. Now, he says that the trunk, the way the car was set up, the back seat would fold down. And his wife, I guess, was hiding in the back seat like some sort of serial killer. That's not helping your case, Matlack. It's not helping your case. Oh, no, no, it's okay. My wife was crouched and hidden from the view of strangers. Apparently, she was, like, hiding in the car or something. This is all alleged, too, by the way. Even though this happened in 2018. Don't sue me. Don't bring down your lawyers from the Andromeda system and sue me. The seat, allegedly, <laughs> the seat goes down. The little boy is in the back. He crawls out of the trunk and into the back seat. And then she put him in the child seat in the back seat. And Matlack drove away. 
But the people at the restaurant were saying, uh, we didn't see any of that. Like, we saw the kid get put in the trunk and the car drive away. He said, because again, a social experiment, he had done this two other times and no one had ever called the cops. I'm a little suspicious about that detail because where that would be an easy thing to prove, right? You would show the cops, no, look at I did this other times and no one did anything. But I actually, now the thing about it, the cops would be like, whoa, 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 you just showed us video of you committing the crime two times previous? Is that, is that what you're doing, sir? So Mr. Matlack could have been like, that's probably not a good idea. But anyways, he said he did this two times previously. Now, he didn't get charged with anything. Because technically, he didn't break a law. He broke a law because he was being a ding-dong. But that's not actually a law. That's just more of a human rule. Don't be a ding-dong in public. He did get his kid taken away for three weeks, though. Which, that sucks for the kid. Like, that's always the thing. Whenever parents lose custody of the kid... Obviously, this is a, a kind of a ridiculous story. I always feel more pain for the kid. Because they don't know. Like, three-year-old kid, all of a sudden... Sometimes you have to do... Sometimes you have to do it, right? And the parents are abusive, and, and I, taking the kid away for three weeks, I, I don't know who learned the lesson. The parents are like, we're not going to be idiots anymore. We lost our kid for three weeks. Or during those three weeks, are they planning more schemes? Or they're planning their YouTube career or whatever. I don't know. I always feel bad when the kids get taken away because how terrifying that must be for them. But they ended up getting the kid back, and as far as I can tell, Matt Lack has returned to his home planet, and... We have no other issues uh, with this family, so that's good. Narlos, let's get back in this Jason Jalopy you paid. You tipped her well at the Spaghetti Factory, right? She got a good tip. Okay, good. We're leaving behind Illinois. I got, I got, I got some to-go spaghetti. We are headed off to Michigan. I'm going to be honest, dude. This story scares me. This story scares me. Now, it's not scary in the sense that it's gory like the Michael Taylor thing. Or it's not scary in the sense of like the Ant Hill kids where it's like this idea of like human misery, uh, cult leader feeding on human misery. This this segment scares me. We're driving into Michigan. We're in Kalamazoo County, Michigan. So cars driving down the road. Do, 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 do. It's February 20th, 2016. And there's a man living in Kalamazoo County named Jason Brian Dalton, 45 years old. Same first name as me, two years older than me, married, two kids. I don't have either of those things. He's married, two kids. Not married, two kids. He's married and has two kids. Now, Jason has lived a pretty mediocre life. Just working, doing his thing, growing up. Normal, right? No criminal history. Ever been in jail? Never been in prison. You know what no criminal history means. I don't have to explain that to you. No mental health issues. No mental health issues. Never been treated by a psychiatrist, psychologist. A normal citizen of the globe. Earlier in the month of February, just two weeks earlier, he got a job driving for Uber. So, gets his little phone at, little Uber symbol comes up. Presses a button. It says, go here, bro. And he, like, drives there, and there's some dude hanging on the street corner waving. It's a real-life version of that game Crazy Taxi. Or also known as regular taxi rides. But Uber and Lyft and all these services gives you the ability to pick up total strangers and put them in your car. He started driving for Uber about two weeks earlier. And then on February 20th, 2016, he's driving around. 
And he gets an Uber call to go pick someone up at an apartment complex. And he goes there. And a woman comes out. But he's at the wrong apartment complex. And he goes, hey, are you so-and-so? And the woman goes, no. And he drives and he circles back. And he pulls out a gun. Pop, 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 pop. Starts shooting her. Now she falls down, she survives, medics come out, they pick her up, and she says, this dude pulled up and just asked me who I was, and I wasn't that person, and then he shot me. Jason just goes, takes his next Uber pickup, right? He just starts picking up people, driving them, dropping them off at their location. Then he'd drive around a little bit more, and then he would, he would shoot somebody. He would, he would kill someone in the street, and then pick up a couple more Uber people and drive around. He drives to a, like, auto lot. There's like a father, a son, and a a girl there. And he drives into the lot and opens fire. And kills the father and kills the son. And the girl survives. Just drives away. He drives to a Cracker Barrel restaurant where there's four women and a younger woman. They're sitting in their cars having a conversation. They just spent the night out having fun. And while they're sitting in the parking lot, finishing up their night's activities, there's a car driving through the parking lot. Like a shark. Like a snake. Winding its way closer. Opens fire. Pop, 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 pop. Four women killed in that parking lot. The young woman, critically injured, but she survives. At this point, the cops are like, we have a active shooter that's mobile. Active shooters themselves aren't super common, but a mobile active shooter are even less common. So, they're driving around. The dude is still picking up Uber requests, right? And at one point, he picks up this guy and his friends, and they're driving through the streets. And these friends had heard on the news about a car driving around the city opening fire. And they asked Jason, this one guy in the backseat goes, hey, you're not the shooter, are you? Jason's driving the car. No, no. Drops him off at their house. The whole thing, he started, he shot the woman in the parking lot at 5.40 p.m. At this point, it's like 11 p.m., 12. It's gone on for hours. The cops run up on his car, and he offers no resistance. Cops take him down, they cuff him, they arrest him. When they ask him, once again, like in the first thing, you get an insane person, you put him in a room, and you can get them to talk. They ask him, what? (laughs) What was all that about? And he said he would tell them, but he said it would, quote, blow their mind. This is is a very, very scary story for me. Very scary. Not just because his name is Jason. (laughs) I'm like, oh no, Friday the 13th, the super spooky. Because he has no history of criminality. He has no history of mental issues. And then he begins, he killed six people total that night and injured multiple more. We begin to look at what happened. What triggered this? And it was either a normal person who had a clearly psychotic break. Like someone who maybe he had anxiety issues or stress issues or some sort of mental issue. Those aren't really even mental issues. Those are stuff that everyone deals with. But high level mental issues that were hidden for 44 years. Because his wife was like... This is this is totally out of the blue. He was acting weird that day. And people had said, like, previously he was acting a little depressed, but not shoot six people randomly depressed. And even his wife was like, yeah, he was acting kind of weird. He started his Uber shift, and then he came home, 
was acting weird and tried taking another car. He did grab his gun, but, you know, figured he's an Uber driver. He's probably just being safe. But she could tell something was a little off after he started to shift that day, but it just kind of came out of blue. So he either snapped, had a complete psychotic breakdown, and murdered these people, which would say to us, us people who aren't insane, that why couldn't it happen to us as well? Why couldn't we go about life totally normal and then one day wake up, do your job, and then snap? We always hear that term. They snapped and they shot up the workplace. They snapped into this. But when we look at it, that's very rarely the case. When you talk to friends and families and stuff like that, people who really, really know the person, not just the neighbors who were saying, who would have thought he was such a nice guy? Usually there's a descent into madness. But as far as we can tell with this guy, he got a job at Uber and then one day just snapped. That's scary enough, because it means it can happen to anybody. The other alternative, though, his version of events isn't scary. It's bone-chilling. This is what he tells the cops. February 20th, he gets into his car and turns on the Uber app on his phone. And he sees what he calls the Eastern Star. Now, the Eastern Eastern Star is basically the upside-down pentagram which is usually connected to Satanism. The Eastern Star is the specific name of a Masonic symbol, a Mason group called the Eastern Star. So it's using the Masonic name for a symbol that we're all familiar with. If you saw an upside-down pentagram, you're like, oh, oh, it's like Saint Worship. He sees the Uber app as an Eastern Star. Now, I actually am not super familiar with Uber. I went and looked it up. That doesn't seem to be the case. I found one image that had the Uber app that had an upside-down pentagram. I don't know if that's a recent change. When I typed in Uber logo, it had something It looked more like the Umbrella logo. But there was one image where it had an upside-down pentagram. He says, he gets in his car, he turns on his Uber app, and he sees the Eastern Star. And he says, I said the name of the star. I have no idea what that means. Did he say out loud the Eastern Star? Did he call it by another name? Did he... What What does that mean? But he sees an icon on his phone and he says, I said the name of the star. And then it morphed into the head of the devil. He said it looked like a cow with horns. Which again, technically the devil is generally like a goat image, but... He saw it. I'm not going to quibble. I'm not going to quibble with the hallucinations and or paranormal activity that he's viewing. He's looking at his phone. He sees the Eastern Star shift into a demonic head. He presses the button to activate his Uber requests. And whether or not you work for Uber, if you ever are looking at your phone and the devil's head (laughs) pops up on it, don't press the button. Don't, Don't activate that. But he presses it and then the icon... The Uber icon turns from red to black. And he said that he got a, quote, assignment. He said that he immediately became possessed. It was interesting because he has a... He he, he experiences like a chain of events while he's possessed. First off, he said, it's like... I got a navigation request. So as you're driving through town and you have your map quest going or whatever, and it's like, turn left here, turn right. He goes, I felt like I was in control, but something was telling me to go to these various locations. So I would go there. I'd see someone. I'd pick them up. I'd go there. I'd see someone. 
I'd shoot them. Then the navigation feeling left him. Because remember, we're talking a course of hours this took place. The navigation left him. He was no longer in control of his body. He was in his body, a prisoner in a meat suit. And his arms were controlling the car. Something was steering the car. Something was pressing the gas pedal. Something was talking to the passengers in the back seat. He was simply in his body. Something else was in control. And then he leaves his body. And at that point, he's floating outside of his body. Everything's in third-person mode. He's watching himself drive the car. He's watching himself stalk through the parking lot. He's watching himself grab the pistol. He said, because the cops are like, do you remember killing anyone? He goes, I don't remember pulling the trigger. I remember the sound of the gunshots. He goes, and I remember the recoil of the gun, but I don't remember ever pulling the trigger or pointing it at anybody. I don't even know who I killed. I wasn't in control of my body. I was a prisoner. When he was picking up, because remember, again, multiple hours, he's still picking up Uber people. Some people, One person said, because he was one of the first passengers after this dude hit the button, the guy was like driving super crazy, going really fast, and the dude was like, just let me out, just let me out. He, he got out of the car. That happened before he murdered anyone, but it was after he had pressed the button, pressed the red button. Other people said, it's totally fine. Like, we didn't notice anything wrong. We got in there, he drove us to the destination, might have had a chit-chat, might have not said anything. Never would have suspected this man was an active shooter. Other people said he seemed a little manic, but otherwise, no, again, not manic to the point where we thought he was killing people. It's interesting to note that the first passenger he picks up, he's acting all crazy with, but as the night goes on, he seems to calm down, as if something that is in possession of him is learning to balance things out, learning to act more human. 540 shoots the woman in the parking lot. Then we have the last victims at 1026 when he shoots the four women at the Cracker Barrel parking lot. He begins to say stuff to the police, too, that he realized that if you drive through stop signs at 100 miles an hour, you can, quote, go places. Now, obviously, you're going places because you're leaving. You're going 100 miles an hour. But it sounds like he's talking more about shifting through planes of reality. If someone says, hey, if you go really fast, you go places, you, you get the context. But if someone who's claiming they're possessed by a demon says if you go 100 miles an hour through a stop sign, you'll quote-unquote go places, it gives it a different context, right? So Jason ends up getting arrested, and he is found guilty because this happened a few years ago. He's already found guilty. He got sentenced to life in prison. Obviously, people aren't like, well, the devil made him do it, so we're going to let him go. But that is his story. That he was possessed. And he and the cops go, why didn't you open fire on us when we showed up to arrest you? And he goes, he had a simple answer for that. He had a very simple answer for that. He goes, oh, when the cops pulled me over, the app on my phone went from black to red. So, of course, I didn't kill you. I wasn't possessed anymore. Cops walking up behind his vehicle, and he's just sitting there back in control of his body. The Uber icon is returned to red. The cops pull him out of the vehicle, throw him to the ground. It's okay. You don't have to worry about me, officers. I'm Jason. I'm not possessed anymore. He told the officers he has a new understanding of mass shootings. He understands why mass shootings take place now. He believes that all of them 
are full body possessions. That these people who are living lives, maybe they already have a little bit of mental health struggles. Maybe they were like Jason and, by all accounts, perfectly fine person. But they get possessed. They're walking through the school. They're walking through their workplace. They're walking through the mall. But they're not there. Something else is controlling their body while their soul is floating helplessly nearby, watching the massacre take place. It's one of those stories that is really scary to me. Because again, either he just had a psychotic break, or a totally normal person not doing Ouija board stuff, not contacting dark spirits in graveyards, not spending half of his life worshipping the dark lords by sacrificing cats. A man just starting his shift looking at an app on his phone, saying a name, pressing a button. He said, I wish I never said the name of the star. Wish I had never said the name of the star. He said that during his interviews. And again, we I don't know what name he's talking about. If he just said Eastern Star, which, I mean, that's a Masonic order. That's very, I mean, that's a, you can look that up on Wikipedia and half of Wikipedia is not running around gunning people down. Did he know an other name of the star that he said out loud? He goes, I wish I never said the name of the star out loud. That was one of his statements he made. But it's just a terrifying story. Because if we accept his version of events, he was normal up until he pressed the button. Imagine your entire life can change. In the blink of an eye. Not just yours, but the lives of innocent people around you. You lived a good life. You did things right. And then one day you get a little curious. And you click a button. And that happened to a normal guy. What about us? What about us who research the paranormal? Who look into conspiracies? Who are going on creepy websites at two in the morning? Or checking out random apps that a friend sends you. Hey, check this out. Isn't this weird? If this can happen to him, why can't it happen to any one of us? Full body possession. Just by clicking a button. If this is the cause of active shooters, the forces of darkness have a terrible weapon. And any one of us can fall prey to it next. And guys, let's go ahead and end it with another amazing song from one of my favorite bands, Sundiver. This fits the car theme. I know we just told a spooky story, but let's sit back, relax, try not to get super scared, and let's listen to 205 by Sundiver.
DeadRabbit Radio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash Radio. Twitter is at DeadRabbitRadio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great weekend, guys. <laughs>